It's a privilege to be here to teach and to uh, bring the word. So you heard the scripture read, a short passage, we'll be able to hear it again. Uh, this comes from a collection of psalms called the Psalms of Ascent, Psalms 120 to 134, uh, 15 psalms. This is the 12th one in this series. Uh, these are psalms that are uh, thought to have been part of the procession to Jerusalem for the annual feast. So these would have been sung, uh, often called pilgrim psalms, so song, sung on the way. And uh, this, these are psalms that sometime in uh, early adulthood I discovered as sort of short psalms that were meditative. Um, these are psalms that I have gone to uh, in seeking solace with the death of a parent, during times of grave self-doubts, and at times of betrayal. So there, uh, I hope that in this psalm uh, you can find a picture of our life before God. So I'll, I'll read the psalm again. I'll bring us into a prayer of illumination and then uh, read it again. Join me in prayer. We pray, come Holy Spirit, uh, that you are dwelling here in the midst of our regenerate hearts. We pray for uh, your grace to be poured out to illuminate us. We pray that we be aware of the love of the Father shed abroad in our hearts and the renewing presence of Christ Jesus himself. Uh, hear now uh, the scriptures. O Lord, my heart is not lifted up, my eyes are not raised too high. I do not occupy myself with things too great and too marvelous for me, but I have calmed and quieted my soul, like a weaned child with its mother, my soul is like a weaned child that is in me. O Israel, hope in the Lord from this time on forevermore. So the psalm, I, it tells us about contentment or how I gave up trying to control things and so should you. It's a picture of humble contentment it tells us that contentment only comes when we set aside our illusion of control. It's a sobering psalm because we see this picture of humility and we see this picture of trust, a psalm that is attributed to David. Uh, we see this as a psalm uh, written by David as a young man. Uh, this is not a psalm that David might have written in midlife or even near the end of his life. So it's a sobering psalm. Uh, David, a man after God's own heart, but there were certainly struggles in his life. It reminds us as we think about this psalm uh, written by the man humble uh, to ask ourselves, you know, what are we growing toward? Augustine asked that very formative question, what are you coming to love? That for Augustine 
becomes the question, what are you coming to love? Uh, the, the three verses, uh, the first verse, uh, we see David's heart. Uh, David tells us of who he is uh, by telling us what he is not. So we are gonna, we can talk about his humility, but it really talks about um, what he is not. And the second verse gives us his picture of a contented child. And then third is a prayer for Israel, the hope in God. Charles Spurgeon comments in his uh, commentary on this psalm that it is one of the shortest prayers to read, but one of the longest and hardest to learn uh, and in that call for humility. So we take a look at uh, verse one, uh, this picture of humility. Uh, we certainly need to realize right off, and David certainly would uh, want this clear, that the humility given in the psalm is not a human achievement. We're reminded in James that every good and perfect thing given is from above, coming down from the Father of lights. That uh, in here, uh, in our English versions, we have uh, so theological words of proud and haughty, uh, but in the Hebrew, this is done entirely uh, through the use of images. Uh, and so we're told uh, the heart is not lifted up, which is a depiction of pride. Uh, and a pride certainly understood in the Christian tradition is fundamentally a blindness to reality, uh, being unteachable. Uh, it is, uh, it's not a picture of uh, sort of uh, failings, simply of a sort of overinflated ego. So the first notion is David said uh, that he is, uh, his heart is not lifted up. Uh, and next, uh, literally his eyes are not raised too high, which is a picture of arrogance. Uh, he's not looking down on others, uh, this competitiveness. Uh, C.S. Lewis has a sort of remarkable, I think, insight into uh, the nature of pride when he remarks, pride gets no pleasure out of having something, only out of having more of it than the next person. We say that people are proud of being rich or clever or good looking, but they are not. They are proud of being richer or cleverer or better looking than others. If everyone else becomes equally rich or clever or good looking, there would be nothing to be proud of. And so it has in it a kind of social comparison. Uh, what David is portraying by, uh, in what saying who he is uh, by what he does not do, he's talking about a humility, a respect and a proper focus. The proper focus is picked up in this notion that he's not concerned himself with things too difficult for me, which really is a reminder as an academic and for those of us in studying of, of knowing our sense of limits, knowing what the questions are that we can, uh, that we can uh, take on. And so uh, the, the first psalm picture, the first verse pictures uh, this humility and respect 
Again, not a low opinion of oneself, but a proper grounding of our opinion. Uh, it is, uh, it's a kind of self-forgetfulness. And then in verse two is this remarkable picture of, of the weaned child. And uh, David indicates that I have calmed and quieted myself. And that speaks to me, speaks of a discipline. So this is not something that David has just kind of fallen into, but by deliberate action, he has done some things to compose and quiet his soul. And the result of that, he said, uh, my soul is like a weaned child within me. And so again, uh, what we find is David is uh, always uh, the, we have the image and then we have uh, what is contrary to this. So David is contrasting himself, not in a way that depreciates that sort of natural state, but he's contrasting himself with the experience of an infant who would be nursing at a mother. So is coming to the mother for milk, for nourishment. Uh, and uh, so here what we have is a toddler uh, a toddler who is climbing into the mother's lap, not to nurse, but simply to snuggle, to put one's head against the mother's chest, to enjoy that kind of relationship. Again, not to depreciate the sort of legitimacy of the stage of nursing, but David implicitly is contrasting a kind of need-based orientation toward God, where one is coming, demanding, here one comes to rest and enjoy the presence of God. Uh, and he said, my soul is like a weaned child within me. So I am, uh, and he said that he's gotten there through some practices that have calmed and quieted his soul so that it's by its nature he enjoys this coming and resting by uh, his heart, his head against his mother's chest, her breast, for comfort, for soothing, uh, to enjoy uh, the pleasure of her company. And it is, uh, it's something that is, uh, a remarkable picture, certainly a picture uh, that is used in uh, contemplative uh, literature, that picture of, of resting. You know, I think it also implicitly in this uh, calls us to accept changes in our relationship with God. Uh, that, you know, there, uh, is there a time in one's relationship where one finds that you are being weaned, uh, that your relationship with God is being changed, that uh, the things that you expected from God are not coming in quite the same way. Uh, and in that, maybe that is a painful weaning process. Having experienced, you know, two daughters going through this, the, the change is nothing. We, we like uh, things the way they are. And implicit in the psalm is that call to grow to a place of where we can come 
and enjoy uh, the resting in God, the resting that would be present in something like uh, listening prayer. Uh, David also ends the psalm uh, with this call for, O Israel, hope in the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. It's the, the psalms, we're often content in our piety to end them at a personal level. Uh, for David, he wants to bring that to a corporate level, that what is true of the individual learning to rest in God should be true of the nation, that they should uh, learn, uh, this, uh, learn this resting. So we look back at the psalm. Uh, David has this picture of a humility, has a picture of a respect toward others, has a picture of a proper focus that is not taking them to bigger questions. A reminder in verse two uh, that these didn't just happen to come, but through actions, we could say through spiritual practices, uh, through disciplines, he has calmed and quieted his soul so that he's content to rest uh, with his mother. I think one writer you know, looking at this and saying, what does this mean for the church? I aptly summarized this. It would mean to be careful not to rate ourselves low or ourselves high, to recognize our limitations, to have grasped like a child weaned from the breast, that even without what we thought we needed, we are still loved and cared for to have confidence in God, which will be as sure tomorrow as it is today. These are the lessons uh, worth learning uh, from this psalm. And I think particularly for me, this has been a psalm that I've come to as I've seen changes in my walk with God, changes in patterns of relating and because built in this is the child that has moved, that has changed and how it relates to the mother. And David is celebrating uh, this new sense of closeness and intimacy and resting and being embraced, all of which is a picture of how David sees that we can relate to God, experience the embrace, the tenderness, the care of God here depicted as his mother whose lap we climb into to receive the, uh, the tenderness. So a psalm that I have found so valuable, short and inviting, evocative, I in the, in the images, I and in it, I find that uh, that call of the gospel, that call of acceptance and embrace. So let's pause and pray. Oh Lord, we pray that as we go forth to love and to serve, we would also learn to rest well, to love well, to return to what nourishes our soul, to give up our demands and our control, to learn to accept your embrace, 
and to realize this is not just something for ourselves, but something to teach others and something at a level to call our churches into, that we would be a people who listen and rest and find strength in knowing that we are accepted. We are loved tenderly. Amen.